This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. so excited to uh, showcase the next episode for Beyond the Profi. I am so honored to have Jennifer Hash a part of it. And uh, it's so funny, we, when we started the conversation, we did the recording, and then uh, we said our goodbye, and then we started talking again. And there were so many gems and pearls that were dropped in that conversation, I just had to pick back up and record it. So... There may be a little bit of a delay in the conversation, and it's because we had to start again. It was such good information that we were talking about, and um, we could, and I, and I told her, we could have just gone on and on and on with this particular um, conversation. So I thank you for tuning in again and, and giving Beyond the Profi the opportunity to help you achieve career excellence. Uh, in this interview, you get a chance to hear about Jennifer's journey, but also we start talking about some fundamental aspects. And one of the things that we talked about, which um, was not recorded, uh, but really, really stood out, is that the basic, the very fine basic, is you have to be a part of your professional association. You need to be a part of a, um, a association that actually supports our profession as a whole. It's that's necessary because with that professional association membership, you have the opportunity to network and meet like-minded individuals. When you meet these individuals and you continue to show up and learn leadership and learn how to serve others, these opportunities will arise where you can seek career excellence. It's demonstrated within Jennifer's story and her professional journey it's been very dem- it's been demonstrated in my professional journey as well so we talk about having compassion when it comes to working in public health dealing with that specific demographic that may come into your clinical chair or be ones that you treat Uh, And we also talk about the fact that you need to seek ways to serve others. When you show up, whether that be at a professional association, dental hygiene meeting, um, whether that be meeting someone that you admire what they're doing, and you show up by saying, how is it that I can assist you? You will be at the forefront of someone's mind when an opportunity arises. I guarantee it. You take the time to volunteer your time. You will find opportunities will come to you. When you serve others, you open up the floodgates for so much to come back to you. The hardest thing to see amongst professionals 
is when they're thinking about me, 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 me. Take, 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 take. And I think that is a, a difficult place to be in because the mind frame, the mindset is one that needs to be worked on. And, um, and, and that may not be an ill intent or malicious in any way. It's just a fear of being stagnant or a fear of just wanting to hurry up and, and change whatever is going on in their life. But when they surrender and when they let go of their current circumstances in their mind and you seek ways to serve, that is when the return will come back to you in ways that you can't even imagine. And that's what's happened in Jennifer's situation as well as mine and many, many others. And so I appreciate some of the the um, points she bring up, brings out. You need to keep showing up. You need to understand your why, find your why, uh, and you have to seek to serve others. And when you do that, little by little, you can find your path towards career excellence. So we also mentioned one other book that I just want to make sure that you listeners really take the time to read. It's called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And uh, that really, if you're if you're at the point where you're kind of struggling about where you need to, to be, you just don't know where, read that book. Start there. I started my journey with the book Motivation Manifesto by Brendan Bouchard. I um, had a started a wonderful accountability relationship with a implant expert. Her name is Siobhan Healy. And with that relationship, we read Motivation Manifesto together. And that started me. That started my journey for me. That really was a pivotal point um, in changing my mindset, which I am still on that journey of reading a lot of self-development, personal development um, books, and also listening to podcasts that are uh, with exceptional people who have done some amazing things um, in their personal and professional life. And I think when you acquire that, that will then also get prepare you for these opportunities that arise or ones that you may even create for yourself. And so hopefully you'll enjoy this, this um, interview with Jennifer. I loved having her. We're going to be meeting up again in October. Uh, to continue on this conversation with public health because uh, I, I love public health. I think it is a pivotal core curriculum in, in dental hygiene and one of which um, we should always keep in mind as far as, as pursuing if you're seeking career advancement. So enjoy the show. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for listening as this is a new podcast and we're going to go with the flow. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Let me know if there's certain questions you want me to ask the guests. If there's something you feel like you absolutely need to hear the information on, let me know. Send me an email at info at beyondtheprofi.com and um, we would love to hear from you. Let me know if there's a format that you want changed. Um, and, and just give me your feedback because this podcast is for you. It is not for anyone else but our listeners.
because we want to make sure that all dental professionals uh, value their role as dental hygienists, but also have career satisfaction and excellence. So thanks for tuning in. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast. Share with your friends and give us your feedback. Send your questions. All righty. Bye-bye. Enjoy. So welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. I am so super excited to have this guest. Um, what's so very funny is that I, um, we've already done this introduction. I forgot <laughs> to press record. <laughs> and I was wondering why the recorder was not moving when I, when I was, you know, I was supposed to see my voice move and I'm like, okay, what's going on? But what I said at the first time was that I was super excited to have this, this um, amazing hygienist on the podcast because I, we've met in real life one time at ADHA conference. We've, we've met first virtually. Um, I feel that she is a powerhouse, a spitfire hygienist that you've got to get to know. She's so passionate, unapologetically who she is, and I feel the energy from her, and I, I just feel that it is one that you listeners need to get to know and possibly collaborate with in the future, um, which is why she was selected as a Beyond the Profi, Think Beyond the Profi blog feature. She will be our August feature for the RDH eVillage newsletter, and we're having her here on the podcast, and I'm, I'm so stoked. I'm really stoked. So welcome, Jennifer Hash. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Jasmine. I'm really excited to chit-chat with you tonight. Looking yes. forward to it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, all right. So tell us who you are. Um, why did you become a dental hygienist? And what are you currently doing right now? Well, um, I'm a hygienist, I think, first and foremost. I'm super passionate about what we do. I think we change lives. And being in public health, we save lives. So um, I think the reason I became a hygienist is because I went on a mission trip. And at the time I was in high school, we went to Jamaica. It was a medical dental mission. And my job was oral hygiene instruction. I have no one in my family that's in dentistry. As you know, that's a common theme. Like, oh, is your dad a dentist? Or no, none of that. No one is in dentistry. Um, but I just happened to get assigned to this spot while we were in rural Jamaica and saw these kiddos just light up with a toothbrush. They had never had a toothbrush before in their life. And so that connection to self-esteem and self-worth and dignity to the smile kind of just stuck with me. Um, I had a different major when I first started in school and then had a, a routine checkup and cleaning and was chit-chatting with my dentist and my hygienist that I have seen my whole life. I was talking to them about how I just felt under-challenged and wasn't enjoying my coursework at school and um, they suggested that I look into hygiene and offered me the opportunity to come shadow. And so I did. And then I started volunteering as an assistant and that turned into a job and I um, applied to hygiene school. So the rest is history. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you in our profession. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to I'm, be a hygienist. Isn't that terrible? Isn't it? Isn't that so horrible? How I'm, I'm speaking for the profession of dental hygiene. I'm just happy <laughs> to have you as a colleague. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm happy to have you as a colleague. And I am so proud to be a hygienist. I really am. Yeah. I think um, being a hygienist is a great career. It's a very noble career. Our job is prevention. We are literally trying to put ourselves out of a job. And I think that's just something wonderful. Yes. How did you get into that realm of dental hygiene? So, um, I would say it's a mixture of things. Um, obviously, starting missions at a young age, my mom has always been into mission trips. And so, I've kind of been instilled a, a sense of uh, passion for those less fortunate and um, community service. And so then I went into hygiene, and while I was in hygiene school, I volunteered in other dimensions, um, but then found a way to connect the two and reach the populations with the skill and the gift that I was given. Um, found out about oral health and health equity, and oral health as a social justice issue, and all of that just really resonated with me spoke with folks that only went to the dentist when they were in pain or thought of a third set of teeth as a natural thing that happens when you get older. Of course, being from the state of Kentucky, edentialism is very high. We always are neck and neck with West Virginia because of the tobacco use. So the culture for oral health is really challenging in our state. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's just a mixture of caring about people and wanting to use what I do to connect and make a difference. Amazing. I love the fact that you mentioned oral health as a social justice issue. Yeah. Isn't that, that like mind blowing? Yes. Because it really is. Absolutely. It I really believe that. Is. Which is so frustrating when you think, when you really consider some people I've had conversations with when it comes to, um, for me, my passions with the HIV positive population. Yes. Okay? Yes. And they're like, well, I just don't get it. And I don't understand. And, and if you look at the so many social determinants that affect yes. this population, this is yes. the reason why there's oral health issues and many other issues. Right. And if you think about where the food deserts are, right, which is something you hear about a lot in health equity and social justice those are the same places where the dental deserts are yeah. so access to care is access to healthy food is access so yes absolutely absolutely it's not one or the other it's really everything it really is right everything. yeah and there are compounding issues that affect these populations absolutely wow i love it i love it so you um you're you are in an fqhc yes and um, for those listeners that don't understand what that is, that is a federally qualified healthcare center. What's awesome about FQHCs is um, a lot of times you get a chance to really work in an interprofessional way that you typically may not, because a lot of times these health centers have every aspect of healthcare there, which is pretty awesome. I'm not sure if your facility is like that at all. Jennifer. It's exactly like that, and it's um, I feel like kind of cutting edge when it comes to integration of care and collaboration between primary care and oral health. So for
for those listeners who are looking like for career excellence and they're just not sure how to find like they 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 don't have the passion that they thought they would have had and they may want to consider public health what advice could you get to them um, in getting involved in the arena that you're ex and you're an expert in like what advice could you give to them as far as getting involved in that um i would say you have to have a passion for it first and foremost public health is not for everyone so if you're bored with hygiene um i don't know that public health hygiene is going to be a huge difference for you um i think public health hygienists are distinctly responsible for having a passion for what they do because of the vulnerable populations that they are encountering on a daily basis. So if you've lost the ability to have compassion or passion or um, really have faith in what that what you're doing is making a difference and is important, then don't come to public health because I don't want you around my patients. (laughs) And that's the the protective um, clinician in me. But for those that actually are are wanting to look in public health for the right reasons um, because they're passionate about making an impact, I would say don't take no for an answer. Um, if this is really where you want to be, if you feel called, which I feel there, you know, there should be a calling on this, there should be, this is a vocation, this is a commitment. Um, and if you feel that calling, then it's very easy to create, well, I don't say it's very easy. Um, it takes some, some gusto, but, um, you have to create and be committed to the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you said, if you don't have compassion, don't get into this. Yeah, don't. Um, we don't want to. <laughs> we don't. Because the thing is, is that with these vulnerable populations, they can meet one person that is not, you know, culturally sensitive, um, may be having a bad day and takes it out on that patient and they'll never be seen again. No, they they will never go back to a dental office. The amount of trust and intimacy that is involved in dentistry Mm -hmm. is astounding. And the amount of um, traumatic experiences that people have endured at the hands of dental professionals Mm -hmm. is really heartbreaking. And I think we have to own that and be responsible for that and keep that Um, kind of in check, you know, when we're dealing with people, a lot of times people that might come off nasty at first are just really anxious. And so you have to have the patience to kind of get them there and win that trust and bring them to where they need to be to be a compliant patient. So, So, um, oh man, I can get off on a whole tangent with those vulnerable patients because I mean, I think about some patients who came in and have like severe anxiety or depression. You have to Mm -hmm. tread very lightly when it comes to providing their care or they 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 um, are not able to even wake up and even brush their teeth because they're dealing with um, so many comorbidities like being positive having hep C not knowing where they're going to live you know sure yeah and with my population you know I serve a a strongly immigrant population Uh, it's a totally different um demographic and they have their own host of issues. So for example, 
refugees who have a history of torture, the last thing they want to do is, number one, trust a government. Number two, walk into a vulnerable situation, lay down and be susceptible to whatever you're going to do to them. There are serious trust issues and serious PTSD issues with victims of torture. So there's just, you know, all these elements that we don't think of in private practice. It's just not something we are exposed to as often. So the key word here is compassion and leading with that for sure. Yes, yes. So how did you find your position? Actually, my um, university, I went to University of Louisville School of Dentistry, which is housed within a dental school here in Kentucky. And um, we do one month rotations at the end of our curriculum before we graduate. And I knew I wanted to be in public health. So I reached out to a local federally qualified health center and asked if I could come do my month rotation there. And um, they weren't hiring at first. I went through the interview process after my one month, which with FQHCs, it's a little different. It's not the dentist that, that is hiring you. It's usually an administrator. So for me, it, my interview was with the CEO of this organization. Mm-hmm. And um, he basically told me that the volume, the patient volume at that location was not high enough to justify a hygienist yet, but to keep in touch if I was still interested. So I worked for a private practice for a bit and continued to email him like quarterly. And in 2014, the Affordable Care Act um, made some changes in Kentucky so that there was an adult dental benefit. And so with that change, he saw it fit to hire a full-time hygienist there. Um, And of course, I was the one that was bothering him every three months. (laughs) Why not me, right? (laughs) No, I was very persistent. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And that and that and persistence is necessary when you're trying to think beyond the profi. And thinking beyond the profi, as what I've stated before, is not getting out of clinical per se. You could be you may be finding an opportunity that's not a typical private practice, but answers your passion and your passion obviously is oral health equity and public and public health and you took the initiative you took the initiative to contact and so many of us when we've had these opportunities and you you volunteered your time you did your externship there so sometimes opportunities that may come come are from volunteering your time Um, and then also keeping your name Right. At the top Networking of their right, right? right. At the top of their head. So they're like, <laughs> Oh, well, I finally have an opportunity. Let me contact Jennifer. Right. Because she's been she's so interested. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love Actually it. it's it's kind of a cool story. I was on my mission my first mission trip to Honduras, which was my first mission trip as a licensed hygienist. And got home, um, my flight landed in Atlanta on the way home and I had a voicemail from him saying that he wanted me to come in for an interview that some things had changed. So it was like literally a gift from God for my mission trip. I was was so astounded. I came home and was like, ah, yes, I'm going to get my dream job. 
or being obedient and going where I was really scared to go. So, oh, yes, yeah, but you still pushed through. I did. You yes. still pushed through. So, how did you push through that fear? For Honduras? Yes. Yeah. So, um, I just prayed about it a lot. Um, and I remember. So, backstory, my, I have an older brother who's super protective. <laughs> and when I told him I was thinking about going, he was like, you know, that area is very dangerous. There's lots of gang activity, cartel. Um, he was extremely concerned for me. And so, I had to balance loving my brother and his protection for me with um, going where I felt called to go. And I also really trusted the other hygienist that has gone to this same area 15 years now. And um, I knew that she wouldn't invite me to go somewhere that wasn't safe for me. So um, yeah, sometimes you just know, you know, things are meant to be, I wouldn't have been recruited and invited to go on this trip. But that's not where God wanted me to go. So by the ADHA Colgate Community Outreach Award for this year for 2017. So congratulations to you, Jennifer. Thank you. It's such Thank a big you. deal. I'm so kind of in shock. <laughs> I've like already received the award and it's over and the whole thing and it's just still like, wow, they picked me. <laughs> it's just really cool. I think we all feel like that recognition after we've been pursuing our passion for some time yeah you know you do it you don't do it for the accolades you do it because it, it makes your heart sing and and that's where and that's what it should be like in our right. careers it's not a job it should be a career so how has networking helped you in your in your career how has it how has it kept you from keeping keeping happy and 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 just and keeping your passion in dental hygiene Wow, I, I'd say networking has immensely helped me. Um, the area that I'm in, in Louisville, Kentucky, is predominantly private practice hygienists. So the people that I sit on the board with for our local component or um, have interactions with when I'm talking about hygiene related things or dentistry or, you know, see at a convention here locally, um, don't necessarily know the challenges or specifics that I'm incurring on a daily basis. So in order for me to have kind of that group of support and people who can relate and then also challenge me and inspire me to think innovatively, are um, a lot of times people that I meet at national convenings for different organizations. Um, there are some great public health hygienists in Kentucky, but because I'm in a city area, there's not as many um, provider shortage situations. Mine is, um, you know, more of an urban population where I am. So I guess just having that connection with people who can relate to what my daily struggles are 
and also challenged me to think bigger. So, yeah. you, you definitely need that um, to sustain your momentum. And there, t- sometimes those individuals, not only are you inspired by them, they'll be they'll, they'll hold you accountable. Absolutely. You need that. You definitely need that um, to keep the momentum. So, let's see. I have one more question for you because I like to keep these episodes as short as possible. I just want to, but we can't, we can't end the episode without talking about RDH on a mission. Okay. I feel like you've been a little <laughs> coy right now. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to avoid it. You just haven't asked about it. <laughs> and, and the fact that you're a professional speaker. You know, so you are a public health dental hygienist. You um, have done mission trips. You are, um, you're a writer. Yes. And um, you you professionally speak. What's your topic that you speak on or topics? So most recently I've been doing some coding courses for the Gingivitis Code 4346. But I am currently working on a course about advocacy. Um, I haven't presented that course yet, but I'm excited. I'm working on it, and it's going to be awesome. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's right up your alley. Yes. Yes. That's perfect. That is perfect. And we need to see that. We definitely do. For sure. What about your blog? So tell us about RDH on a Mission. So RDH on a Mission is a place where public health hygienists can connect, collaborate, and come together to talk about things that are all things public health dentistry. Um, It's a place where we celebrate legislative wins, where we celebrate making an impact, and it's also a place where uh, we can share resources. So I'm really excited about it. It's... um, this is kind of its inaugural year. I started it in May and um, have had such good response from both hygienists and advocacy groups. Um, something new is a collaboration with Oral Health America. They want me to um, go to Advocacy Day in D.C. in October and chronicle my day and the events. Um, they are trying to... I guess, target their efforts with more hygienists. Yes! I love so uh, I get to help kind of make that connection and share resources. So I'm so super excited oh, to do that. What? Oh, my goodness. That is so good to hear, Jennifer. Oh, my goodness. That's yes. so good to hear. Your website is absolutely beautiful. I love the features you've done um, so far. Um, they look they're just, they're gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it's its a wonderful thing to to showcase these amazing um, hardworking hygienists. In clinical practice, you see that everywhere, but just to have something focused, centered on public health is wonderful. I mean, I, I teach public health. That's one of my favorite courses. I've taught it for, this will be my, oh my gosh. I'm going on to my sixth year I think wait a minute oh my gosh yeah like fifth or sixth year or something like that but it's one it's one of those one of those um those courses that I feel like are just pivotal for dental hygiene curriculum and knowing that there are there are options in this a career in public health is one that can be very very fulfilling and you 
demonstrated that um, thus far. So my my course was called Community Dental in our um, curriculum, and it was one of my favorite courses of hygiene school because we got to implement our own outreach program, and I just loved that experience. Um, so yeah, that's cool that you teach that course. Maybe yeah. that'll be my future teaching that course one day. Oh, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. The class that I just had this spring was a remarkable class. I challenged them a bit with their their outreach project, and to see the results and their response just it just warmed my heart. So just to know that those little seeds are planted for future, um, it just makes me really excited for the profession. I feel like that is like a core course that could really transform a dental hygiene student's life. Absolutely. And, and the way, means. yeah, and the way, um, I guess our country is moving as far as oral health is concerned, public health is getting ready to be, I believe, the trajectory for hygienists. Yeah. So we have such a responsibility to the newly graduating hygienists to instill those values and those skills for those opportunities as they arise. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm putting out those good feelers, those good vibes for you, because you would be an awesome dental hygiene, you know, community, community health. Mine was community health, but the one that I teach is dental public health. Um, an amazing instructor. Just, I just would love resource, to do that. Resource. I would love to do that. I start my master's in public health next week. I'm super excited about that. That's awesome. What school yeah. are you going to? Western Kentucky University. That's they have an MPH program here. Do you know Charlie yes. Birch? She graduated. Her. She got her master's from oh, there really? as well. Uh huh. Yeah. She's a District 5 trustee. Yes, I just met and her. And my good, good friend. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I just met her at the ADHA conference. We talked for just a little bit um, on the bus to the to the um, conference center. She's so sweet. She is. She's really, really nice. Really, really nice lady. Yeah, that is. Fan oh, congratulations! I love that. Thank you. Um, I our program has required us to do public health and education as a dual concentration. Mm -hmm. um, it has been very challenging. So, but it's almost over for me. I'm very happy about that. Congratulations. So, thank you. So, with with that. I don't know why I just mentioned that. <laughs> it's because you're be... excited to be done. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to celebrate those wins. I'm almost done. Almost done. Hang in there. <laughs> 2018. 2018. Um, yeah, so great. That's so great. I'm very happy for you. All right. Last question. Okay. Last question. What's the best career advice you've ever been given? So at the risk of sounding really hokey and like a fangirl, <laughs> it's from you, Jasmine. No. When I called you and you said, find your why. Find your why. And that has resonated with me and really led me this year um, and just kind of helped me stay on course. It has been, that phrase has been my lighthouse. It has been for me reading that book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. I mean, I'm telling you, I was just, I actually had to sit, stop, 
and meditate on what was being said to me. And then once it was clear, it was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what what I need to do. Yeah, it's on my list of books to read. I have such a long list right now. I'm like in this self-help phase and just really kind of working on me. And so, um, which, you know, we're reading Daring Greatly right now, which is really good. I've been enjoying that, so. Yep, we have a book club meeting on Wednesday. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to facilitate it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. feels great. All I got to do is press start (laughs) the meeting and sit back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll do the rest. Now I'm looking forward to it, and it has been such a good book. Yes, so. yes, I love Renee. I love her. I love her. All right, just a, okay. okay. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is a no brainer. Is the it is the members? It's the membership. You've got to be a member of your professional association. You've got to be. You you have no choice. I feel like if I if I have to convince you to be a member then you're probably not the type of person I want to be a part of my organization. Like if you don't get it, then you're not really committed. I don't know. I just, do you know what I'm saying? Like if somebody's like, if someone approaches me, like, well, what does my money pay for? Like, what are the benefits that I get of being a member? And to me, what that sounds like is me, 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 instead of how can I contribute to my profession, my career, my colleagues, like we need you to contribute and respect what we're doing. We don't need you to come with your hands out. Okay. Mm. You making me want to just dance up around this, my room right now. <laughs> Am I preaching? You I don't mean preaching. to <laughs> You were preaching right now. But it now. does, it bothers me. It when bothers me. It bothers me too. I was listening to a podcast called Gold Digger Podcast, and they were talking about um, networking. And one of the things they talked about that she expressed frustration for was the fact that when people call her, they come as a me, 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 help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And if we don't come at a place of serving others, you're not going to get what you're looking for. You're going to get highly disappointed. And people are going to close the door. They're not going to open up the floodgates and say, here's an opportunity, or they're not going to advocate for you. Some people are like, oh, this is everything I'm doing. And a lot of, you know, things that I've been blessed with on my journey is because I've served. I've served. Or I've done things for free as a volunteer. Sure, sure. Many times. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, Jasmine, you know what? I think you would be great for this opportunity. You know? Well, yeah, because they see you. You're showing up. And so, you know, something that comes to mind for me is I I was at a a grant meeting last week. And one of the dentists that I spoke to said, I wish more hygienists were like you. And I was like, I didn't know how to take that. I was like, okay, should I be insulted because you're talking about my friends and colleagues and people that I love, or should I take it as a compliment? But I think what he meant was everywhere I go, I see you and my hygienist is not as engaged. Um, And so I guess what I would challenge hygienists to do is if you're looking for opportunities, find where all the oral health circles are and be a part of them. Join those organizations, try to make a difference, show up. 
show up and people will start recognizing who you are, uh, what type of person you are and that you care. I mean, yeah. if you are committing your time to an effort that translates as passion. And investing in others is investing in yourself. It's, yes, it's very, absolutely. very simple. And, you know, a lot of times when you, you meet individuals who you see are doing amazing stuff, they want to help, but they have to see, they have to see something. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to put this um, without sounding like, horrible by saying that um they have to see you putting forth some sort of effort and not just that but it's kind of like putting your own reputation on the line when you give someone an opportunity so me personally if i'm going to allow someone to partner with me in some sort of effort then who they are reflects who i am in that public arena so if I know, if I'm seeing you volunteer at charity clinics and I'm seeing you show up at coalition meetings and you're advocating on oral health advocacy day, and I know who you are as a person, then I'm much more likely to give you an opportunity to join me in an effort than if I don't ever see you. I don't know who you are. You know what I mean? Like you have to kind of prove yourself. Hmm. Well, I would say it's probably the same thing that hinders everyone else. I think a career issue for a lot of people is embracing challenge and change and risk um, instead of not going for an opportunity because you're afraid of a pay cut or... Um, focusing on whether you're like nickel and diming the, the PTO or if, if something is an opportunity that you're passionate about and you have to make 5,000 less a year, but you know, it's going to give you opportunities to show people that this is your gift. It's going to give you more monetary opportunities in the future because people will see you thriving in a position that is meant for you. So I would just say, I think that everybody, it's not just hygienists that, you know, that fear that pay cut or fear that change in benefit package. I think that's every career. Sometimes you have to make a sacrifice on the front end with the faith that it's all going to pay you back on the back end. Follow your dreams. And then I'm now I'm going, now that I'm thinking about what you're saying, it, have, it has to come from your mindset and mindfulness you don't understand who you are as a person if you're not really taking that time to do the self-reflection then then you then you're not you don't view life that way I don't know why I'm so yeah. stuck here I mean I know how I feel and how I understand it but I'm just thinking about some of the conversations I've had with people you know oh I'm one out I'm, I'm miserable change and and then I'm like okay you know this is this is how I did it you know maybe you consider doing something that works for you whatever your passion is and no no I just I can't it's just it's too hard and you don't want to change you really don't right. want to change right 
And I'm just another hygienist. I'm not your therapist. <laughs> Sorry, that's me. That's me being a little cold-hearted. Well, you know, I, I, I do. I have the ability, I think, to to have empathy for people to a certain extent. Yeah. However. Um, if you don't come to the, t- you're asking me for my advice, but if you don't come to the table willing to make some huge changes, then you're kind of wasting both of our time. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Because it's going to take change. If you're that miserable, then there's going to need drastic change for you to reach a place of contentment. Drastic change. So, I don't know. I think everyone has different readiness levels. And there's not like a three-step process to finding a career change. You know, you have to you have to follow your passion. You have to find what it is that makes you tick and go after that. If your heart lights up in a certain situation and it has nothing to do with hygiene, then maybe hygiene isn't for you anymore. Absolutely. And that's okay. But follow that because otherwise you're going to be miserable every day. So you need to start with being honest with yourself. Absolutely. You need to be truly honest with yourself. I've had people, I've had um, some people contact me and they're like, you know, I'm miserable on my job. I've already talked to my doctor, you know, about X, Y, and Z. He's not willing to listen to me. So something has to change within yourself, which is you can't control exterior what's going on. You're the only one that has control over your career. So leave your job, find another opportunity somewhere, somehow, if possible. Absolutely. Even if you've got a temp. And I know it's hard, especially when you have bills that you have to pay. Don't get me wrong. I get that. I get that. Um, but start putting, even if you don't leave that job, start putting a plan of some sort into action. If you're not, then you really aren't truly tired yet. I've had people um, even say things like, um, I really want to go to school. I'm just not, you know, I'm not too sure, you know, but I really want to go. And then, and um, I'll give them, you know, whatever, I'll answer whatever questions they have. And then six, seven months later, they're like, you know, I really want to go to school. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just not too sure. I'm just laughing because I've had these same conversations with and I get frustrated because I don't know I think it's that they see someone else who is happy in what they're doing and has has really found their niche and I don't mean this to like be like self-praising or anything like that I don't mean to boast but I'm super passionate about what I do and I, I love hygiene clinical hygiene. I love clinical hygiene and I love the other opportunities that have come with being a hygienist. And so I think people see that in you or in other leaders and are like, oh, I want that. And they they want like this three-step program to get, to get there. And what, what makes me happy and what gives me fulfillment is not going to be the same for you. It's just not. So you have to figure it out and that takes some soul searching. Yes. Absolutely. That takes some work. Oh my gosh. 2015, when I met um, Siobhan, and then we went to UIP together, and we had this long conversation. Like, we never, we didn't even hardly go to sleep. 
and I was just talking about all the discontentment in my life. And it wasn't like, it wasn't a situation where it was like, okay, well, here, here's the answer. No, I realized I needed to fix whatever it is going on in here. So I picked up a book. Yes. I picked up a book. And the book that I chose was Motivation Manifesto. And that started the process. And I've been reading so many books left and right, like over and over and over again have to do that you absolutely have to do that if you want you have to center yeah you have to center yourself and know your innermost guideposts so whenever a decision comes up and I know you can probably relate to this you know we get all these asks of us and so one of the hardest things I think for me starting out was saying no to things to like keep my balance And so it's kind of like, okay, I could do this because they're asking me to do it and I care about these people, but it's going to take away from X, Y, and Z in my personal life or this other project I'm working on. And so it becomes this constant like weight of pros and cons and what is most important and where my priorities lie. And realizing that a no for something is actually a yes for something else. And realizing and just kind of making sure that I'm always in check internally with what my important yeses are, you know, keeping those in the forefront. I feel like that's still that's still a journey I'm on right now. Um, I, I really, think we all are. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely, I had a conversation this morning about that, and um, we all struggle with that. I was I listened to a wonderful podcast with Oprah talking about saying no Um, and saying no is necessary sometimes when you're someone that is an empath or you want to serve and help others all the time regardless of what's going on what happens is though it leaves you resentful it leaves you exhausted and then you can't build your own dreams yeah it leaves like this emptiness Mm -hmm. and um frustration yeah. yeah when you pick up too many tasks you can't do anything well yeah. so that that listening to that made me realize a lot of things um, that I have been doing I need to focus on what's most important which was my why which is why the podcast is now in creation because I need to start with what my first mission was, which was beyond the trophy. So that's what I started first. So, and here we are. There you go. Back to the basics. Yep. Back to the center. Yep. Well, I think um, that's kind of why I'm starting my MPH because I was at an oral health 2020 convening, the national convening last year. And, um, a lady named Zuleika, I can't remember her last name, but she works for the Oral Health Coalition in North Carolina. She's amazing. She's a social worker um, by trade, but she's doing this fantastic oral health work in North Carolina. Look her up. You'll be amazed. Um, She showed this slide that talked about the difference between charity versus justice. And it it gave the analogy that charity is 
mopping up the mess as it's being made and that justice is preventing the mess altogether. And so it talks about charity is outreach dentistry, right? In this model and justice is changing the system of access to care. And my mind was so blown by that slide. And I thought from that moment on, I I just kind of shifted the way I thought about my future and my career. And so that's kind of what has led me to get my MPH and is leading me on this advocacy role and will probably eventually lead me out of clinical hygiene and more into um, policy. I'll have to send you that slide. Yeah, I never would have thought of it like that, but it makes total sense. It's a social justice mind frame. And I found out later that it's used very often in social work. And it just, it blew my mind and has literally changed the way I think about my oral health work. So when you think beyond the profi, it's absolutely necessary that you expand your conference attendance outside of specifically for dental hygiene um, and whatever that passion may be. So for me, I will be going to business entrepreneur conferences outside of dentistry. You're at you're in Oral Health America that's centered just for public health. So right. attendance at ADHA is absolutely essential. Attendance at other hygiene conferences, I just went to RDH on a one roof, was wonderful. I enjoyed that. But those conferences that are specific for your niche are necessary. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to get yes. outside of dentistry and really to expand your mind and really focus yes. on what your, your, your why is. And I love the fact yes. that you've mentioned that several times through this interview. Which is yeah. Great. Well, I'm going to APHA for the first time in November, the American Public Health Association Conference. I'm really looking forward to that as well. Um, but what you're saying is absolutely correct. I feel like ADHA and RDH under one roof are kind of our base camp as hygienists, but we're, we're trying to do like special ops missions and challenge ourselves. (laughs) We need to get somewhere else for sure. And, and, you know, work on things that maybe we didn't learn or haven't had the access to, um, and really kind of mold those skills. Like 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> Good luck editing. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, envy you in that at all. I'm not a techie person, so yeah. So I'm gonna slap it together and don't care what order it's in. <laughs> hey, there were good nuggets everywhere. So if you just gotta cut and paste, I'm okay with that. Absolutely. I, I feel like I can go on and on and talk with you, Jennifer. I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt the same way. Man, that was good. But I, I am, I am tired. So me too. I'm gonna. <laughs> we're gonna end this podcast again. Thank you for Yay. being on the podcast. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> and um, we'll do this again, but just not tonight. Yeah, we should do like you know a regular jazz and gin hookup. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. When you go to the update. Health, when you go to Oral Health America. Um, conference. Let's do it again yes. and talk yes. about that. I would love I'll be really that. close to you. Yes. I'm going to be in D.C. from uh, 
Sunday, well, actually Saturday the 29th, I think, to Tuesday the 3rd. So I don't know if you'll be available at all. Maybe uh, we can. Yeah. At, yeah. yeah. I, will come in, I will come down there and meet you. So okay. you let me know. I'm actually flying in, I think, to Baltimore. Okay. I got a flight from Cincy to Baltimore for like $49 or something what? crazy. Round trip, it's like 97 bucks. It's insanity. So Okay. Send me the date. So okay. Miss, I will. Send me the date so I can okay. I put it in my calendar. Sounds good. All righty. Good night. Yay. Good night. Bye.